Today's video is brought to you by Candid. Hey brother! Oh man, you guys, I am excited because today we are going to tackle the big question everyone is left with after they watch the movie Soul. Or, well, I guess maybe maybe the big question is like, what is the meaning or um, purpose of life? So, uh... Today, we are tackling a much smaller question you are left with at the end of Soul, which is, who do 22 become? Uh, who was 22? Who was 22? Hey, brother! Guys, before we dive on in, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Candid. Question for you. Are you unhappy with your smile? Because you don't have to be. Thousands of people have used Candid, the comfortable, removable, practically invisible aligners to help straighten your teeth. And now they love their smile, just like this guy, Justin M from Atlanta, Georgia. When I was younger, I used to have a gap. Wait, why am I making him Australian? When I was younger, I used to have a gap in the front and on the side. I noticed that people would always look at my mouth first, so I was looking for a fix. Candid up being the perfect company for me. You can't stop me from smiling smiling now, there's no comparison. What jerks were trying to stop Justin from smiling? With Candid, the same orthodontist who starts your plan is with you from start to finish, so you never have to wonder, how am I doing? And the great news is that most treatment plans only last six months, and you'll start seeing results way before then. And in the meantime, you'll be saving literally thousands of dollars versus the cost of traditional braces. So become the best you and start straightening your teeth today. Right now, you can save $75. Whoops, sorry, I flipped into Justin there for a second. Right now, you can save $75 on Candid's starter kit by going to candidco.com SCB and using promo code SCB. That is $75 off at candidco.com SCB with promo code SCB. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 at candidco.com slash scb with promo code scb link is in the description down below see you there okay so as a refresher 22 is a soul who has not been living their non-life in the great before since um actually since is probably just a good way to end that sentence just 22 has not been living since the reason they have not made their way down to Earth is because as long as they have not been living, they have never been able to find their spark and complete their Earth Pass. Really kind of ironic that they couldn't figure out that they wanted to live until after they had lived. It's a really a bit of a catch. Wait a minute. In any case, after spending a day on Earth in Joe Gardner's body, eating pizza and talking to a cat, they discover that their spark is jazzy which actually has nothing to do with jazz hands or playing jazz music at all. It seems to be the act of like living in the moment, being present and seeing others experience their passion, like playing guitar or sewing. In fact, every time throughout the day, 22 witnesses someone experiencing their passion, they collect a little souvenir to commemorate the experience. And I think that little action is an important detail when it comes to determining who they become. But exactly who they become remains a mystery because the movie ends with 22 having finally completed their Earth Pass, jumping down to Earth, and that's it. We don't actually get to see 
what body they land in. Which I actually found to be a really beautiful ending. Like sometimes it's just better not to know. It's just good to know that it was a happily ever after, even if you don't know what person they became. But we're just gonna plow right on through that because the rest of the video is gonna be who is 22. Figuring that out within the Pixar universe is something of a daunting task because there are way more than just human characters that 22 could have fallen into. Like, are we even sure 22 is a human? Could they be a toy or a rat or a fish or a car or a machine or a whatever else? Do you see the problem? And not only that, but whether or not they're jumping into the present is pretty debatable. I mean, after all, 22 tells Joe that time doesn't really exist in the great before. So it is quite possible that when they are jumping down to earth, they are landing in a body at any point in history. That said, it is true that when Joe jumps through the portal with 22's Earth Pass, he does land in his own body in the present. But personally, I think that has more to do with the fact that he had his own body to begin with and knew specifically where to aim in both space and time. It is also worth noting, I think, that when Joe and 22 fall through the portal into Joe and Mr. Mitten's bodies, that they are not falling through the main Earth portal, but rather through one created in the zone, which is tethered to the present. And we know that because you can see people in the present, in the zone, being in the zone. Plus the rules are obviously different there because neither Joe nor 22 has an Earth pass and yet they're able to successfully fall to Earth. So. Point is, time is irrelevant when it comes to determining 22's identity in the real world, as is possibly space. So if you're keeping track, 22 could be basically anything that moves uh, from any time and uh, anywhere. Should be fun. <clears throat> Let's start with the easiest and most obvious. When you watch 22 falling towards Earth, it looks like they're falling towards Asia. So you might be tempted to think that they are going to be born Asian, but I have to say, I don't think what section of Earth is facing up makes any difference to where they land on Earth. I mean, for one, it would mean that only half the Earth at a time could be having children be born and that you know, whenever like, let's say North America was facing up, no one in China at all could be being born, which that doesn't sound right. Although to be clear, I'm not a doctor. That's my brother, Dr. Joseph Nathan. Or raise your hand if you got that joke. On top of that though, despite the small looking size of the hole they're jumping to, if you look down at earth, you can see souls falling from like almost every direction anyway, so. So with all that said, it might seem like anyone from any time ever is a really wide pool to work with, and it is, but we do have a few clues. I mean, we do get to spend the whole movie with 22 and get to know what they are like. Plus, thanks to the art of soul book, we actually get to learn what all of the other aspects of their personality are on their Earth badge. Apparently, 22 is an extroverted, moody cynic who's extremely punctual. Honestly, I love the extremely punctual part. Like, what a funny little thing in there. And especially ironic since 22 has been missing in action on Earth since. Even with all that to guide us though, there's plenty of room for interpretation and likely we'll never really know the answer, but here are our top candidates. All right, one theory I've seen floating around out there that has some really good merits and it's probably the most straightforward answer we're going to get is that 22 becomes Mei Li. Wait, uh, who? Glad you asked. Okay, so Mei Li is going to be the lead character in an upcoming Pixar movie called Turning Red, which comes out in 2022. 
Oh, hey, look. Turning Red will be a coming-of-age story about a young girl battling against her mother's expectations versus her own ambitions. It's a pretty typical teenager story with the added fun that whenever she gets too excited, she will turn into a giant red panda. Which I don't think is a common thing that happens to people, but again, not a doctor. And what makes this a really straightforward answer for 22 is that the red panda is native to the exact area of Earth it looks like 22 is falling to. Plus, it's likely that turning red will take place shortly after Seoul. Meaning 22 would end up in the body of a young girl who looks to be about the right age for the passage of time and who has the ability to turn into an animal native to the section of Earth that they're falling to. And hey, let's face it, what teenage girl or boy for that matter, isn't a moody cynic. Why do I kind of feel like that's a slide at me? What? It also looks like Mei Lee is going to be obsessed with some particular music group, which would be a nice nod to Joe and the kind of passion that might spark 22's spark. But Mei Lee is far from the only option 22 could be. Next up, Colette from Ratatouille. I mean, first of all, they both have purple eyes. No, I'm just kidding. That doesn't make any difference at all. All of the souls have purple eyes ahead of time. And I guess Colette is just lucky. I mean, who has naturally occurring purple eyes? Violet Parr and Dory. But wait, Jay, certainly Colette's spark must be cooking, right? And wouldn't such a common spark have easily been located in the hall of everything after eons of searching? I mean, we literally see 22 dismiss baking right in front of our eyes. And Colette loves bread. Listen. Oh, symphony of crackle. True, however, Colette's spark may not actually be cooking. In fact, she makes a point of talking about how every other member of the kitchen found their way there in a really unorthodox manner, and yet they are all still artists. Almost as if what she really likes is being around people who have found their passion. And as for whether or not Colette is moody, well, there's this. Yeah, I think that qualifies enough for a big old check. Gold. I guess maybe arguably it is just one mood. As for punctuality, uh, well, just listen to the speed at which she describes the importance of time to Linguini. You waste energy and time. You think cooking is a cute job, eh? Like mommy in the kitchen? Well, mommy never had to face the dinner rush when the orders come flooding in and every dish is different and none are simple and all of the different cooking times but must arrive on the customer's table at exactly the same time. Hot and perfect. Every second counts and you cannot be mommy. And while she may not be cynical of everyone, she certainly assumes the worst about Linguini out of the gate before finally warming up to him. Keep your station clear or I will kill you. Honestly, I think she checks out really well, but there are still some potentially better options. For example, Russell. Hey, quick, do you remember that Pete Doctor movie where a young character is endlessly annoying an older character while looking for the final merit badge they need while the older character is doing everything they can to live out their lifelong dream? And there's a talking animal sidekick. My name is Doug. I have just met you and I love you. And also not for nothing, but there's this scene where 22 imitates an old man who looks almost exactly like Carl. Now that said, I'm not sure I could genuinely call Russell moody or cynical or even punctual. But nonetheless, the parallels between Russell and 22 are massive, and they both even end up ending the movie with 
teaching their mentor that the true value in life is in living it, not just dreaming about it. Also, also, actually, actually, the chemical compound 22 is working on here, C7H8N4O2, is more commonly known as theobromine, or even more commonly known as chocolate. Next up, though, staying inside the world of up, is instead of Russell, Ellie. Now, we don't get to spend a ton of time with Ellie, but in the, oh, that was sad. But in the time we do, we learn a lot, certainly enough to apply the traits we are looking for. We know 22 is an actively annoying soul, and while Ellie definitely doesn't annoy Carl, I think it would be fair to say she has at least an abrasive personality, at least when she's a little girl. I rip this right out of a library book. <gasps> Punctual? Uh, yeah, you betcha. Have you seen this tie montage? I mean, her and Carl are creatures of routine. Now, I hesitate to call Ellie cynical because we just don't see her interact with that many other people, but she does quickly accost Carl when he first finds her in the house, and she forces him to swear to keep his promise, suggesting she is afraid he would otherwise break it. The huge argument for Ellie, though, comes in the form of 22 Spark, because almost definitely Ellie's spark is also jazzing. Because maybe no other Pixar character understands so intrinsically the value of living in the moment, of being present and going on adventure. Carl, of course, misinterprets this as going on a literal adventure, the same way Joe misinterprets his own dreams of playing with Dorothea. But the actual adventure was just being married to Carl and living a great life with him. On top of that, though, Ellie has another hobby that feels very in line with 22, and that is scrapbooking. Collecting little mementos from her greatest adventure, being married to Carl and lovingly curating them. This is not just similar to how 22 collects little mementos when they're living as Joe, but also to the little box they live in in The Great Before where they've obviously collected a bunch of other randomly meaningful objects. What do you think she's getting all this stuff, by the way? Like, is stuff even a thing that exists? in the great before? Actually, you know what, for what it's worth, Carl himself ends up as a pretty moody, cynical, punctual old man, doesn't he? Quite a sight, huh, Ellie? But that brings us to our final candidate, which I'm very excited about because it's either the most out there or the most perfect, and that is Wally. To which I'm sure many of you are saying, wait, does Wally have a soul? To which I say, how dare you? I mean, if any machine at all has a soul, it's Wally. And the proof is that on the entire planet, the first plant that grows and ends up saving the entire human race happens to grow near the only other living thing on the planet inside of a fridge. And as we all know, human memories are what keep things alive in the Pixar universe, and Wally is the only one there to even be remembering stuff, which we see him actively doing when he's watching the old movies. And in how he, just like 22, collects human artifacts out of seemingly random interest, just because they, dare I say it, spark joy? I did it, I said it. But Jay, Wally is not a cynical character, I hear you saying. And yes, I agree, but hear me out. Cynicism is the act of believing others are only interested in themselves and will only act out of self-interest. But in Wally's case, he is literally manufactured by BNL, which is absolutely only interested in itself. Wally 
does not need to assume anything. In fact, there's really not even opportunity to do so. It's just literally the state of the world he is created into. In terms of punctuality, he too is a creature of routine and sticks to it like clockwork. I mean, likely because he has an actual internal clock guiding him, but that is besides the point. The real point is that much like 22 in Joe's body, Wally has an absolute noticeable effect on every person or machine he comes into contact with. Simply by being themselves, 22 draws in everyone at the barbershop, convinces Connie to stick with trombone, and wins over Joe's mom. Same goes for Wally. He wakes up John and Mary, great names by the way, from their tech-induced coma. He sets free the other robots, he turns the captain onto Earth, but most importantly, breaks Eve away from her strict protocols and encourages free will. Almost like if you were to, I don't know, stop following the sheet music and instead just play jazz. But anyway, guys, those are our top five candidates for who do 22 become. Mba. <laughs> Which of those five do you think is the most likely or do you have a totally different opinion? Let us know your thoughts in the towel section down below. Guys, as always, thanks so much for watching. Please remember to leave a like on this video if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Pixar theory action from us. If you wanna see how Soul fits into the Pixar theory, you can check out this video right here. Or if you would like to hear the Pixar theory song, which is available for purchase on iTunes, you can check out that video right here. But Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.